Welcome back, everybody, to what is hopefully a much-awaited new episode of Tell Us What's in the Box. Tell us what's in... I gotta blow dust off the box. <laughs> I gotta blow dust... Right? It's like that... Um, <laughs> what 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 state did they just find that time capsule in from, like, the Confederacy? Yeah. It's like yeah. that. You're blowing a bunch of dust off it and dirt, and you're seeing what's in the box, and it's a box of whores. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hi, yes. everybody. Thank you so much for tuning back in and bearing with us as we just needed to take, you know, a little bit of a siesta, get some personal shit in order, deal with holidays and everything. Um, yeah, but we're back. We're back. We're back. I like the unasked for sequel. I am right. <laughs> Horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like the killer. We just won't die. Yeah. 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 It's like that moment where you think he's dead and just like, ah! and you're like, oh, shit. No, nope, you know? nope. We are Jason Voorhees popping out of the lake at the end. We're yeah. Like, just <laughs> grabbing you back under. <laughs> Final girl. I don't fucking think so. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah i love it yeah i'm glad to be back it's been back a little too. bit and and i'm excited we um what are we talking about today joanna today it's in the box when well, now that we've dusted it off the box oh god um let's see a completely ruined 11 year marriage a psychotic husband um psychotic robbers and one good friend good guy tom the good guys always die you know that is within <laughs> the box today uh, we are going to be talking about till death the 2021 film uh directed by sk dale which this was his direct uh, directorial debut Woo! go yeah. sk dale um and the screenplay was written by jason carvey um it stars megan fox yes miss mm-hmm. miss Moore. Horror Queen, um, Ian Mackin. I hope I am pronouncing it correctly because it's spelled like the Irish way. E O I. Ian, I'm sorry. Um, and then when we got Callan Mulvey's Bobby Ray, Jack yeah, Ian Mackin. Yeah, it's Ian Mackin. Okay. E O I N is Ian. I can still have my Ireland card. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack. Yeah, I only know that because I read the uh, the the Artemis Fowl books by Ian Colfer. Oh. So, the other reason I know I know how that's pronounced. Ian. Ian. That Ian that uh, that Irish there. Yeah, Callan M- Mulvey. That sounds like an Irish name Callan too. Callan right Mulvey. There. Yep. Bobby Ray, scary bank robber. Uh, Jack Roth plays Jimmy, his younger sibling. Uh, Emma Aline, Amin, excuse me, as Tom, good, good, good guy Tom, and then a couple other people in yeah. small supporting roles. But basically, Megan Fox is obviously the star of this. Um, yeah. She plays uh, Mark's wife, Emma. Um, the film starts off like you already get red flag vibes from from mark like instantly yeah the husband yeah why didn't you wear the dress i wanted you to wear like i know right (laughs) i just wanted to do something different oh okay well we have time so you can go change change. into the red dress 
I'm sorry. <laughs> no, she was dressed in all black and it was very modest and it was appropriate because it looked like she was going to her funeral, right? Now, this is her 11th wedding anniversary. Emma isn't excited at all. She's coming out of the hotel room with Tom, whom she's been having an affair with for a while. And good guy Tom is trying to, you know, convince her to stay, leave, leave him, whatever. But she sadly leaves and is like, it's my anniversary today. So her and creepy husband Mark go out to dinner. They do this weird exchange. And uh, the one thing that set me off, Danny, was when she gave him the, the Super Bowl tickets for, you know, for, for him. And then she goes, I bought them a while ago because maybe the Steelers would have gone to the Super Bowl, which is my boyfriend's favorite football team of all time, hands down. And I shouted at my TV. Well, you know what, Mark, if you were like Josh, you would have appreciated those anyway. But (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so he didn't take them. Um, But then they like, yeah, I'm like, what a dick. Like he just leaves them there. He just leaves him there, and the, like you, do you know how much Super Bowl tickets cost? A lot. I mean, it's not like they were hurting for money, but I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, he, they, you know, they were very, you know, rich. But I mean, even still, and yeah. then like, like just leave them at the table for like the server to find. Yeah. Like, what an asshole! So we have thing. a lot to say about Mark's character. How much? Yeah, yeah, and and, and he is, yeah, yeah, and for me. I would have been like, the first thing that hit me is she goes into the office and she sees her case file. Oh, yes. Like, I would have been like, why the fuck? And then he just brushes it off. And I would have been like, uh, no, like, why? Why do you have that? Yeah. You if know? you are listening and you have yet to watch this film, which we highly recommend that you do. Um, her case file is from. Um, so her husband, Mark, is a lawyer. The case file that he has is against her attacker. Uh, She was stabbed and survived. um, And he was put away for jail in 10 years. And this is important because that other psychotic man (laughs) comes into play (laughs) when her husband after dinner whisks her away to a remote house in the middle of nowhere. And it's winter. It's snowing. The lake is frozen over. And to make a long story short, you know, he does all this fancy stuff for her flowers and pictures and everything to try to start to rekindle their marriage. She wakes up in the morning. He is dressed in a tux, basically, you know, like he's going to a wedding or would be in a wedding. He has handcuffed himself to his wife. Then he puts a gun to his head and blows his brains out. And so the rest of the film. And now we get the rest of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is like the first 10 minutes. Right. And then you find out the rest of the film. He planned this. Yeah. From the beginning. He planned this whole entire thing out. And there's multiple reasons as to why he did this. But basically at the end of the day, it was all to spite her. His wife. Yeah. Some truly psychotic shit. Really, yeah, you know, and and let's just get the elephant out of the room. Mm. Okay, we're talking about Megan Fox. I like Megan Fox Mm -hmm. personally, you know, and I'll admit, like back in the day, because I didn't know any better, I'd be like, and Megan Fox. But as I got older and I started to kind of realize how the world works, you kind of realize 
that you're just kind of accepting that as true. And when you really think about it, it's unfair to her. Yeah. You know, because obviously she's a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. And because of that, she's gotten treated a certain way. Yeah. And it's awful if you hear some of her stories. I mean, she's been sexualized and probably sexually yep. abused because of how she looks and right. and everything Somebody like that. And people call her no talent. Uh, Nigel yeah. Day. His name rhymes with Nigel Day. <laughs> Nigel Day. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're, I'm just going to say that right now. This is not going to be for me bagging on Megan Fox at all. So if you came here for that, you're okay. probably on the wrong podcast. Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing like regardless of anything that you see about her in the news, like we're just talking about her performance as Emma in this film. Yeah. There is nothing that you can say to disparage her performance in this film. Yeah. And I mean, who doesn't love a beautiful woman that is totally okay with doing horror films and putting herself in fucked up situations and having to act that out? I yeah. Mean, she I mean, she did good. Yeah. I mean, she had to act out all this shit. You know, she's she's handcuffed to a dead body. And she has to drag her around. Her, <laughs> she has to drag him around and everything. Like, this is not a glamorous role that she had. Yeah. You know, this is not, you know, you know, one of those. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, in the end, her performance was was very good. Yeah. I mean... Oscar worthy, not it's not that type of movie, but it was good. It was good. It was good. And I'm and anyone who's seen Jennifer Body knows that she can act. Mm-hmm. If you saw Jennifer's Body, oh, which you yes. should probably do on the podcast because that is an incredible movie. Um, like an anniversary, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, knows that she can. And and I thought she did very well. This movie to me was really about. It was for me, it was really about two things. Mm -hmm. It was about, um, it was about trauma and, and, and dealing with trauma and the types of things that trauma, because if Emma hadn't been treated poorly and had that trauma happen to her, do we think she would have been with Mark? Probably not. You know, I feel yeah. like that's a decision she made because of her experiences and comparatively it wasn't as bad as the life she was living. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because according, like if I, you know, according to the file and everything like that, you know, she kind of stole stuff and, and she used drugs. Maybe I think, you know, she had a rough life and then she got attacked Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the whole case and everything. And she met Mark, who was her lawyer, and, and her life started to change, Yeah, if I remember correctly. Um, but because of that, she couldn't see the flags until, you know, it was too late. Yeah. You know, so it was about trauma, you know, and also the things that we, that, that we accept. I think in a lot of ways, like how miserable you can be in your own life, even though it seems like you have everything going on. Yeah. You know, she had her look, she had her youth, she had money. 
you know, hotshot lawyer husband, you know, um, you know, but she had her own stuff. She was a photographer. If I remember, you know, she yeah. had her own thing that she was doing that she kind of got brushed aside because, you know, because of, because of Mark. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's really about, you know, how, how choices affect you and how trauma can affect you. Um, the choices that you make because of trauma and the choices that you make when you realize you've made a bad decision. Um, you know, and plus that, you know, I mean, it was, it was, you know, a really interesting, you know, premise and stuff like that. Um, Stephen mm-hmm. King did some something kind of like that with mm-hmm. Gerald's game, having her handcuffed to the bed instead, and the guy and her husband dead beside her mm-hmm. um, instead of handcuffed to the to the dead body itself. <laughs> um, so kind of had a little vibe of that. Like she had mm-hmm. this situation, she was all of a sudden in that she had to, and she was resourceful. I had to give her that. Some of the shit she came up with to do to get herself out of the situation she was in. Yeah. Very realistic, too. And it made sense for her character. I mean, granted that the rough life that she was living prior to meeting Mark and getting married, that, you know, was a little over a decade in the past. But... You know, those early experiences like really shape your personality and the way you think and and things like that. So that grit, that determination, you know, never would have like, you know, like she obviously didn't lose that. And she was already too at that point just done with her husband. And then he goes and he pulls this fucking stunt you know, some some of the first things that she utters, you know, to his corpse is the equivalent of like, fuck you, dude, you know, yeah. and, you know, there is um, a line of dialogue that she says that not so subtly references the metaphor that is her chained to her husband's corpse, having to drag it around with her mm-hmm. everywhere in the house, unable to escape it. You know, that's what she emotionally felt like. For 11 years, married to this guy, ball and chain. I I mean, that phrase mostly relates to, you know, that that'll say mostly relates to, to women. But in this sense, he is her ball and chain right. and not in a good way at all, whether alive, alive or dead. Um, but also I thought I it looked like to me that Megan Fox was literally dragging like the actor around and being able to move him and manipulate him and things like that. So, oh, you think? You think? Yeah, I thought she, I, I like at least for like the scenes where there was like the wider shot and she's just dragging him along the floor, especially when she uses her wedding dress to like make it a little bit more slick so she so she can move him. It felt like it. I I felt like she would have been strong enough to actually like do that. So I thought that was yeah. also another nice little like visual parallel to describing their relationship and their and their marriage too. Yeah, yeah. No, true, 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 true. Yeah. I mean, you really see her, you know, her her fight to survive, you know, which you got a hint at because, you know, she was an attacked and she fought back and she, 
you know, survived it and everything like that. So you already kind of get indicated indicators of that. And then when her husband kills himself, um, you know, you, you see that come back, you see her will to live and her resourcefulness and all those skills that allowed her to survive her attack, come back mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, so that, that was really, that was really nice to see. Yeah. So I suppose we should talk about like, he did this whole thing because he had been doing some shady shit and he was going to get caught. <laughs> like that's literally what happened. He he was doing shady shit. He was going to get caught. So rather than get caught, he sets up his wife and kills himself and, and does all this stuff as a big you know, his big send off or whatever. Yep. You know, and he um, put the fucking diamonds in the necklace that he gave her for their anniversary. Yeah. Eves were after to try to. And then he texts Tom from her phone saying, I fucked up. Please help come here. And that's why Tom ends up at the house. Yeah. After she's been dragging around her dead husband for for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, because, you know, as part of the final thing, we mentioned it before, but make clear, part of her husband's plan was he, the guy who had attacked her had gotten out on parole, and he hired them to to do this thing so that he could get back at her for putting him away, and he got his, you know, the husband got the revenge for, you know, and all this other stuff, Um so that was his ultimate asshole move and why, you know, and then you find out why he had her folder out, why he had her case file out and stuff. Cause he was planning all of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, he used her yeah. past. Like when she listened to the recording that he left in the car, which he drained of gas. So she couldn't get, get away. Um, he, said as much in that recording and used it against her you know like um you know before you met me you were nobody you you were just doing this blah 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 blah. I made you into what you you are today just some like major red flag like psycho shit as if that wasn't already clear you know but him shooting himself right beside her was only the tip of the crazy iceberg yeah, right. yeah. You thought that was shocking, and then you kind of watch everything else unfold, and you're like, "Oh, yep." You know, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> you and, know, and during like specific points, my brain was also like, "Man, I'd hate to be the CSI's trying to process this crime scene and making sense <laughs> of it all." <laughs> like, Shit all over the place. She dragged right? that body all over the damn house. That n- okay? This is my idea nobody can copy it otherwise but like a a horror story told from the perspective of the csis that come in to process the crime scenes (laughs) as they solely put together what happened yes yes I am going to rate this. This is my idea. Okay. <laughs> you heard you heard it here, people. It's yes. recorded. It's 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 on record. Yes. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Mm. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of surprised at um how good the tension was. It was, yeah. you know, the tension was pretty good. Like the tense moments were 
tense, like when she was hiding and stuff like that. And like, she had one at the top of the stairs and the other at the bottom of the stairs. And she's standing in the middle on the stairs, like, just like, oh crap. (laughs) Yeah. Like the fuck. And then she uses her car alarm, I think to, you know, uh, to, to let, you know, send them off. I mean, like, I don't know as if I'd have the presence of mind to do that. You know, I mean, but, but they did a good job. And like when she was hiding in the boat, yeah, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, oh god, the part where she was trying to drag the um, the the boat's gas tank through the snow, and then yeah, the and she just like, like, back, yeah, and just like whoa, and back just into the snow, down. and then he does he doesn't see her, and I'm just like. Oh my God! Stealth plus ten. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was good right there, and they had a good shot where you could see her mm-hmm. him, but you could just see like it was good. It was a good angle shot. Yeah, yeah. that was, I mean that was stressful. You know, yeah, yeah. It was so, so the tension was really good too. I thought, yeah. you know, um, um, and I think you know. Uh, I mean, did you have anything, you know, um, anything else in particular that kind of stood out to you that we haven't, like, mentioned? Um, I liked how, I mean, this is not, like, character related. This is more a um, directional choice. But I liked how, like, we have the gun that the husband uses to shoot himself in the head at the beginning and Emma's first instinct is like, okay, I'll just shoot, shoot the cubs off. And there's only one bullet in the gun and that bullet has already been used. So she's like, great, throws it under the bed. And any other story, any other horror story, um, wouldn't have come back to that gun to bring it back into the story. So then when we have um, brothers Bobby and Jimmy trying to get into the safe to find these diamonds and they're in the main room and shit's going down and they're fighting. When Jimmy finds the gun under the bed, everybody like him and his brother think it's loaded, but Emma's the only one that doesn't know that it's loaded. <laughs> so that, knows, yeah. that scene was tense, but for like a very different way. Yeah. Um, almost like the gun was being used to break the tension in that scene. At least, mm-hmm. at least a little bit, because you and Emma, or us, the audience and Emma, already know. Like, okay, well, the gun is useless unless you know they use it as a blunt, a blunt weapon. But right. I'm like, so, so yeah. it was tense in the fact that you were hoping they wouldn't find out. You know, like, yeah, that, that she would be able to use it. You know, so it was tense in that. Like, oh shit, I hope they don't realize. You know, and stuff like that. So it wasn't tense in like oh my God, they're going to shoot her or anything like that. You were more tense as you, like you wanted her ruse to, to keep, yeah, to, to, to keep going so that, you know, she could use it to her advantage at the right point, you know? Exactly. And stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just and, thought that, that bit of writing was like this, this is a nice little touch here. Yeah. Cause most, most of the time somebody enters the scene with the gun, ah, click, click, click. I was just joking you know yeah this was a nice way to use an unloaded gun where all of the alive characters believed it was loaded and one of the characters knew that there was nothing in it so yeah I really enjoyed that um 
And as much as I cannot stand Mark as a character, Jigsaw vibes as like as like a villain, right? Just totally (laughs) messed up like survival puzzle. Although he designed it, you know, for her not to survive. But he apparently didn't count on what's what's the word I'm thinking for Uh, her her gusto her Her will to live will to fucking live yes um but yeah Yeah. i've you learn i feel like so much just about emma right and Mm -hmm. the rest of the men in there are periphery to i think overall tell a story of women as a whole like our experiences with men and our relationships to those specific type of men right and if we just look at like Mary DeMarc for 11 years there's this nice nice guy Tom but it's so common to like have women end things because they feel guilty about being disloyal and things like that like they have a fucking conscience whereas traditionally the way men are portrayed especially in horror films they just do whatever the hell they want and then they get away away with it no conscience like what whatsoever um but it was really nice to see i mean emma was the final girl from beginning to end basically um and I've, there's just so much in it that I'm like, ah, I relate to this on a personal level. I understand what it feels like being trapped in that sort of like emotionally manipulative, kind of abusive gaslighting type of relationship, right? So the whole, like, everything of what she went through, um, but coming out in the end still alive and on top and all the male figures of her past are just gone like the fact that she fucking made it like this is a cathartic story this is like a rallying cry for women who are going through this or have been through this you know it's obviously not meant I mean yes it is a literal story but there's so much more um metaphorical metaphorical meaning behind it too yeah Yeah, I think it goes to show that you know because we get the fact you know Emma was assaulted she was stabbed she was abused and now she's being abused by her husband and we see Emma trying to hold on to what she has which women are trained to do right she's trained to you know, feel guilty about cheating on her husband, even though he's an abusive asshole and she doesn't want to leave him and, and, and all this stuff, you know, we're trained to soothe egos. Mm -hmm. You know, women are trained to soothe egos. We're trained to be the peacemakers. We're trained to do this, that, and the other thing. And I think this goes to show, because I don't think anyone's advocating that you should just go kill all the men in your life. But I think what it's trying to show in a metaphorical sense is that sometimes you, it's, it's going to hurt. Like, like in order to get out of that type of relationship, in order to get out of that kind of emotional cycle, 
it, it sometimes just needs to be burned from the ground. You just need to burn that bridge. You have to overcome your training to like make nice you have to, uh, and, and be the peacemaker and make mm-hmm. things work. You have to overcome all that and just say, this is the only way to do it. The only way to do it is just to burn it all down and start fresh. Yeah. And ho- you know. hopefully if that is your choice, you have a support system that you can fall back on that will help you do that. Cause there's also so many women who are in positions of like, yes, I can burn this all down right now. Where the fuck do I go? <laughs> you know, cause right. he, um, if it wasn't for Tom, if Emma hadn't made that other connection to, you know, this other wonderful stand-up dude, she, mm. those, you know, Bobby and his little brother, Jimmy probably would have murdered her, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Scares me to think. Got, gotten the diamonds and, and moved on, but you know. Um, she was able, she was able to get away. And like I said, I think it's one of those things where it's showing that sometimes that's what has to happen and that you just kind of, it's not going to be, you know, you are going to be metaphorically dragging that stuff around until you get, you know, rid of it and it's going to suck, you know, and you may try a bunch of different things to get rid of it and it won't work, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's what has to happen in order for like true healing to happen. Yeah. You know, okay. and it kind of goes the same with any toxic relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and it gets real hinky because yes, we agree that Mark is an asshole person, but he did, you know, help her, get out of that bad situation she was in after she was assaulted. She, mm-hmm. He helped her put that guy away. And yeah, you know, it's shitty. And who knows the real reason why he did that, but he did do that. And so she probably had feelings about that. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's okay. You know, people think, you know, I have this toxic person in my life and I know I'm supposed to just kind of, you know, cut them off and feel nothing and, you know, just get rid of them because they were so toxic and stuff like that. But I think we, as humans, we feel a little more complicated about things than that. You know, I mean, it's not, I mean, you probably should, and that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you don't cut them out of your life, but that doesn't mean like you don't like miss them occasionally. And, you know, and, 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 and good things that you have, you know, I have a couple of people like that in my life where, you know, I just had to stop, you know, I just, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't deal with it anymore. It was just such a lot of stress. And so I don't talk to those people anymore, but I still miss them occasionally because we had good times and, you know, good conversations sometimes and, and that sort of stuff. It doesn't mean you forget. Yeah. Right. Like Emma's not going to forget what happened. I mean, how could you? Yeah. I know. <laughs> body around. Oh, you it, mean that it, one thing where my husband? Yeah, that little thing. Yeah, whatever. Shot himself in the head and right, right next to me, made him, made me drag his corpse around. Oh yeah, right. I totally forgot about that. Right. <laughs> right. You know. So you, you know, you're not going to forget it. You're not going to forget that, obviously. And it's obviously going to shape who you are going forward. 
but it doesn't have to define your life going forward. And it can be a part of the past and not something that you're living with and letting affect you other than coming from a place of your own experiences and stuff like that when you share them with others and having that wisdom, whatever wisdom can come from it, you know? Um, if, if there is anything to be learned, you know, like some people, you know, are like, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get into a little bit of a, of a, of a little bit of a rant. So I hope everybody can follow me. Let me get my popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit of one. It's, it's, you know, I'm sure people have seen, uh, you know, the memes going around, like, be thankful for the things that happened to you because they've made you who you are. Mm -hmm. Right. And you've seen the counter person, which is like, I shouldn't have had to go through that stuff. You know, I didn't ha- want to have to be strong and go through that stuff. And and yes, of course not. Of course not. And yes, that, that other aspect of it, like, hey, you know, those things made you stronger and I shouldn't have had to be strong. <sighs> They're both, you know, it, it, it's like, and you find people on one side or the other, but it's kind of like both can be true. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You you know, like, no, you shouldn't have had to go through that abuse. You shouldn't have had to do that. You know, you you shouldn't have. I mean, there's no arguing that nobody Mm -hmm. should go through that stuff. Nobody should be gaslit. Nobody should feel like they don't belong. Nobody should feel manipulated. Nobody should be abused, obviously. You know, that's a truth. So in that instance where the person's saying, oh, I shouldn't have had to, you know, telling me it just made me stronger is just bullshit because I shouldn't have had to go through it anyway. Well, yeah, that's true. But I think I don't think that it's completely off to say because you can't change the past. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You you just can't. It happened. Yeah, it happened. You know, so so. I'm just not of of the, you know, and and so when people kind of say that, I feel like they just want to forget that that thing ever happened, you know, but you're not going to be able to. No. Like, you can't just ignore it. You can't just, like, move on, never talk. You know what I mean? Like, it has to become a part of your fabric in order to heal through therapy or through time or through you know, talking it out or friends or whatever pace. I mean, there's no pace for that sort of thing. Yeah. No. And on the other hand, I can see the people saying, well, you know, it made you stronger and everything like that. I can see where that can come off as condescending Mm -hmm. to the person on the end of it. You know, they're just hurting and they don't want to hear that they should be grateful for their pain. Yeah. Right. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So I can see that aspect as well, but I can also see where it's also saying like, it's happened. Yeah. You can't go back and make it not happen. So you you have two choices. You know, you can try to excise it and, and whatever, or you can try to use it for in whatever way it might be useful to you. Absolutely. Whether it, it teaches you to be more empathetic, whether it teaches you how to spot these things in the future, whatever it is, you know, no, it shouldn't have happened. But the fact is it did. So what are you going to do about that? You know, I yeah. mean, it's a little complicated to talk about just on our little podcast, but you know, it, yeah. It, yeah. it's a hard thing to, to think, you know, 
Because I can see both sides from both statements. I can see why someone would say, you know, it made you stronger. And I can see why it would be condescending to someone else. I can see why someone would not want to hear that. But I can also see where that could be hurtful if you're just ignoring that it happened to you in the begin with. I mean, and all of these things are complicated, have different factors. It all depends on who's saying it and in what way they're saying it. You know, there's a big difference between someone you barely know you know, finding out about it and then being like, it just makes you stronger, you know, I yeah. mean, bullshit. who are they? They don't know you, Yeah, you know, or somebody who's close to you saying, you know, you gain something from it, even though it was bad, you gain something from it. Yeah. Take that good and use what's useful to you and disregard what's not. Yeah. You know, so she's, so Emma is not going to be able to forget all of this, at, you know, but one can hope, and hopefully is indicated because the movie left on, she's just on the ice and you see like the police sirens coming. Yeah. You know, so you know she's going to be rescued. Um, but you don't see what happens after that. You know, it just kind of pans up shot of her laying there. And mm. That's kind of the end of it. And you don't find out what happens. But, you know, I like to think that, you know, she ends up getting the money from her husband because F him. You yep. know, like... You know, she she gets something because she had no idea what he was doing. And obviously, yeah, he tried to kill her and all this other stuff, you know. Um, so hopefully, you know, she at least gets something out of it so she can build a new life, you know, maybe move, go somewhere else, you know, go somewhere to another else. city yeah. and heal and be, you know, a photographer somewhere, you know, that that would be my hope for her, you know, is just somehow try to take it weave it into the pattern of, of her experiences and, and move on from a healthier place. Yeah. I think to add on to everything that you've been saying too, I think when it comes to, um, you know, people who are okay with hearing or maybe owning like, oh, this experience made me stronger. And I, I, I generally, um, would rather say, you know, some something to the effect of not making me stronger, but making me um, better prepared to face the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, you know, what I've personally have have come to, you know, um, never nobody should ever have to go through any of this crazy shit. Right. You know, and I think there is a specific level of depending on what type of traumatic event that we're talking about, like this sort of mentality or, you know, my opinion that I'm about to spout only goes so far, you know, because try fucking saying that to some child who is in the middle of a civil war, basically. And they're just innocent by, by standard. Right. You know, but Uh for uh, people like us, um, if it's some sort of emotional event, like breakup and end of a marriage, death of a child, death of a parent, death of a sibling, you know, whether Mm. it, you saw it coming or, um, it was sudden, you know, nobody wants any of that shit to happen. Nobody, you know, wants somebody else to suffer in pain, especially the people that love that you're really close Mm -hmm. to you know you know but 
we all we all got to go through some hard emotional shit, right? It's just a part of life. The scary thing I think for a lot of people is not knowing how to manage that pain, how to manage those feelings, uh-huh. right? And not knowing what they are going to be like on the other side of it. Because I mean, there is another side, but as you uh-huh. said, you don't forget. So that is literally something that you are carrying with you. Um, but like a rotting corpse throughout time, it starts <laughs> to less and less. It dissolves, it disintegrates, it decomposes. And so all that is left is, you know, a handcuff wrapped around a wrist bone. Mm-hmm. You know, it is light enough to fucking carry, but you still carry it around with you but mm-hmm. you know how to manage it. Right. And you only learn how to manage it is by stumbling your way through it and carrying that dead corpse weight around and throwing it around and, Oh, until hey, you I can get rid of it. Here's an anchor. Let me chop off the thumb so I can take the, um, so I could take, take the hand handcuff off. You know, that's kind of the, at least for me, that was symbolically the first moment of no, fuck this shit. I am done. <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. It's, you know, the hard things we go through, they prepare us emotionally for the future. And some people will struggle with that so hard, you know, whether it's through depression or PTSD or something else that is related to that. But hopefully those people have a support system and get the care that they need and are brave and willing to do that hard fucking emotional excavation so that just this one traumatic event when in the grand scheme of your entire life is such a teeny tiny moment but it can permanently derail it if if yeah you know yeah you know i mean and we don't know from the movie if you know emma had other people it seemed like she was pretty isolated by her husband um we didn't see any other friends she had really and and you know anything just tom that she was sleeping with and Mm -hmm. you know for whatever reason she did so you know to feel like she was cared for or you know somebody cared about her and stuff like that and you know one can hope that if anything the experience that she went through shows her that, you know, she has worth and she's a fighter. That was her big thing. Yeah. I mean, she fought the whole time, you know, even when she was under the water being dragged down, you know, like she fought and 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 fought like, yeah, you know, and, and that's an admirable quality to have. And so hopefully we can hope in our headcanon after that she, um, <laughs> you know, uses that survival instinct to pick up pieces of her life and move on yeah. in a healthy way and find somebody nice and, you know, be happy, yep. you know? And, and the other part of that is, is you know, and, and those things carry with you, not just in the way uh, that they're in the past, but they affect your reaction. Yeah. Um, There's a saying in that trauma comes out as reactions. That's how Mm. trauma manifests itself. Trauma comes out in your reaction to things. Your reaction to things 
shows your trauma. I like that. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, your trauma doesn't show up in, you know, in the fact that, you know, you, you, you say it really, you know, like, you know, you can say, you know, I've been traumatized and stuff like that. That's not how trauma shows. It shows in your behavior and your reaction to things. That's how you show trauma. And even if you've gotten past the trauma, you still show those, you still have those reactions. You still have those things. And that's going to take you a while Mm -hmm. to, to, to get out. You know, I mean, if you've been, if you've been undermined in your decision-making skills, you know, you're an abusive relationship and your abuser undermines your decisions, tells you you can't make decisions or you make ridiculous decisions, you know, down to stupid stuff. You know, I I've, I've known somebody who was in a beautiful relationship where they would nitpick what movie they wanted to watch or what restaurant they wanted to go to stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah just to have control over them and undermine their confidence in making decisions. Oh yeah. So even if you get out of that relationship and get into one with somebody's healthy, you're still not going to have the confidence of making decisions. Yep. You know, yep. Somebody's exactly. going to ask, somebody's going to ask you what movie do you want to watch? And you're going to, your trauma will come out as the re- a reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, it won't come out as, you know, you you piling into a corner and stuff like that. It might with severe trauma. But more often than not, it will come out as something like somebody says, hey, what movie you don't want you want to watch? And you don't know. Yeah. No one cared about your decision. All your decisions were were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what you like and you don't like. Yeah. Because you've had somebody dictating to you what the correct things to choose were. So you don't know what you like and what you don't like. So you foster it onto the other person. Yeah. And then you, know, you, you say something like whatever you want to watch yeah. or whatever you want to eat. That's fine. You know, whatever you decision you make is fine. Yep. And then yeah, that's how trauma comes out in that instance. Yeah. And once you, like, muster up the courage to finally make that first decision, it's more often than not, like, uh, maybe this movie, if, like, that's okay with you, if that's not, then that's totally fine. Right. Yeah, exactly. You, 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 you know, you try to, you know, yeah, immediately or not like, own it. Yeah. Apologizing, yeah. you know. And I mean, that's not the same thing as like coming to an agreement about what what movie to watch. You know, if somebody's like really passionate about one of the movies and the other person couldn't care less, like legitimately, then it's like, okay, yeah, then we watch watch this one. You know, that's right. That is not that, if that makes sense. Yeah. This is right. not that. And- that is not this. One of these <laughs> things is not like the other. One of these things is dead. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's, it's so hard, you know, it's really hard. And, and that's, you know, and that's going to be the struggle in the aftermath for, for Emma, you know, is figuring out, figuring all that out without anyone to dictate what her life is going to be anymore, Mm -hmm. who she is anymore. She's going to have to like, go back and try to figure out 
who she is. Cause you know, when you're abused in, in any kind of way, sexually abused, emotionally abused, manipulatively abused, whatever, your identity becomes subsumed. You, you don't, you're stripped of your personhood and your humanity because you are just trying to survive. You're just trying to get through the next moment, right? And that's, and that's, that's the reality of it. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying, that it's nuanced. It's much more than it makes me stronger or I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Because if you don't want to hear about it, you'll still be reacting as if you're in the trauma, right? If you're like, well, it didn't make me stronger. It didn't do this. And you're trying to act like it doesn't affect you anymore. If somebody's truly saying that, you know, this, this didn't happen to me, this, you know, I just want to forget about it. Don't want to deal with it. You're still going to be reacting in that trauma light state. Yeah. You know, it's never a clean break. You take that with you and there's going to be nothing you can do to change that. Yeah. There's going to be no amount of forgetting. There's going to be no amount of, because even if you get away from that habit, even if you get away from that trauma response that you have, you know, the, the, the reactions that you have because of your trauma, you know, it's still going to be there. It's still going to be something that you've worked on to get over and something that you're Mm -hmm. conscious of and something that happened to you. And so you're going to react much differently than somebody using our example of decision-making. You're going to react much differently than somebody, even when you make a decision, you're going to still approach it in a different way than somebody who is confident in their decisions. Absolutely. Right. Even if you do make a decision, you've worked on it and stuff like that, you are still, that process is going to be very differently informed for you than it is for somebody who never had their decisions undermined. They've never been really controlled in that sense, you know, told told what to wear, told what to eat, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you know, like Emma was. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the very first like interactions that we see between um, her and Mark with the whole thing with the dress, right? And it's mm-hmm. the first thing he says to her after hello, not happy anniversary. How are you? Oh, you look so lovely. You know, he's like, where's the red dress? And then we see her back into the Cower. shell. Yeah. Because she's a totally different person when she's with Tom, right? She's mm-hmm. assertive or more, more assertive. Um, She... It, it's it seems hard for her to express exactly what she's thinking or feeling, especially when she's being pressed. Like Tom, you know, was uh, when he was asking her all all of those questions about how she felt, and she just says it it doesn't matter, right? You know, and mm-hmm. then the, the the last you know, and then she immediately just because that's well, how she feels. Yeah. How she feels. She's been told it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what dress she wants to wear. Yeah. To Mark. It doesn't matter she wanted to wear the black dress. It doesn't matter to him. And so that comes out, as I said, trauma comes out as reaction. Yeah. Her reaction to Tom asking her, well, how do you feel about it? You know, wanting to know her opinion. She says it doesn't matter because that's her response. That's the trauma response that she's been to have. She has been trained 
to, to, to understand that her, her choices don't matter. And so that's what comes out in that conversation, even with somebody who truly does care her about her opinion. Yeah. Right. She's still dealing with all of that, you know, and that's, and that's hard. And, and, you know, all of these, um, you know, you'd like to think that it's exaggerated, but it isn't. If Mm -mm. anything, it doesn't go far enough to talk about how these things affect you. Yeah. Um, as a person, you know? Yeah. Question. Yeah. And there's obviously no right or wrong answer to this, but to go back to what you were saying at the end and us imagining in our, in our meat brains about what her future is, do you think for Emma, the scariest part was the entire film, her 11 years of marriage or what comes next? I, I think my, my sort of cop-out answer is that they're all scary in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, her marriage, her 11-year marriage and her assault and everything were horrible and abusive and stuff like that, obviously. So that's scary in that way, you know? Yeah. And then her whole experience at the house... It's scary in that she's fighting for her life. She's in this situation. She's fighting for her life. So that's scary. But then after, where does she go from here? That's scary. That's unknown. Yeah. You know, we don't, like I said, we don't know if she has anybody that she'd be able to go to at this point. Because practically everyone we've met dies, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Um, You know, and. So, I mean, I think they're scary in different ways, but Emma's, Emma's a fighter. And I think she kind of realized that. I think, Mm -hmm. I think her, I think Mark inadvertently showed her her worth. He thought he was going to break her because he had, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because he felt, you know, she's passive. She's under my control. She's going to do what I tell her to do. So she's just she's just going to die. She's going to give up and stuff like that. Even in death, he wanted to control her. I mean, yeah, the exactly. Handcuffs. Like, but then as he sinks to the bottom of the lake with Bobby Ray, I couldn't help but go, <laughs> sucks for you, Jack. Bye bye. <laughs> I'll never let go. But no, <laughs> yeah, just kick him down there. Get down there. Get down <laughs> Get down to the bottom with the Titanic. (laughs) I'm letting you go, Jack. (laughs) Yeah. So I think he inadvertently, he underestimated her without his influence. Yeah. You know, um, he, he underestimated her, her, you know, the will that he had suppressed. And when he was no longer there to reinforce it, it Mm. came out. And that doesn't mean it's going to, like from now on, she's going to be uber badass. I yeah. mean, that doesn't mean that. I mean, she obviously is going to have to process everything that happened, process process her assault, the one that happened like 12 years prior, yeah. which didn't come, which came back around again. So as a bigger fuck you, she gets re-traumatized by the same person. Yep. 
So she is traumatized by that person. So she's going to have to deal with that. Her 11 year abusive marriage, deal with that, deal with this incredibly traumatic event as well. So she's got all of this stuff she's going to have to process. So it's not like all of a sudden she's just going to be a badass and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I think what that moment showed her was that um, she could do it. She can. It showed her that she could. And so I think that will help carry her through the setbacks that she has, you know, that will carry her through the setbacks that she has. Um, So, yeah, I I think I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought, I thought it was good. It had an interesting premise and we got to see Megan Fox carry a movie, which I felt like she did. Yeah. Um, I mean, that woman can carry a fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. It just bar bar none. I've always, especially like the horror movies that she's been in. Yeah. I've always enjoyed them. Like she, she picks very interesting roles and the horror mostly is like woman centric about yeah. women's experiences. Um, and what other ones is she, I mean, I know she was in tell death and she was in Jennifer's body. What other uh, horror movies? Has she been oh, in? I'm already on IMDb. I don't need to open up a new tab. What am I doing? Okay. She's definitely, I mean, I, I'm trying to think if I've seen any other ones that she's been in. Body. Oh, shit, I forgot she was April O'Neil in the 2016 Nin- Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Okay, so let's see. She was also in a movie called Night Teeth, which is a vampire movie that came out last year as Ooh. well. Ooh. Last year. Okay, we might, we might, uh, might have to just. Megan Fox is a vampire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's a vampire or hunter? I'd pay to see Megan Fox as like a vampire hunter. Yeah, she plays a character Kinda called awesome. Grace. I'm not sure. Um, oh, she was in a crime movie with Bruce Willis called Midnight in the Switchgrass. Oh, I haven't seen that one or uh, heard of it. See. Yeah, been in a couple uh, music videos for Machine Gun Kelly. Not surprised. <laughs> um, she was in a movie called Rogue. Um, and her character, uh, O'Hare is a merc- is a mercenary leading a squad of soldiers on their mission to rescue host- hostages in a remote part of Africa. Unfortunately, the mission goes awry and the team is stranded and forced to survive against the local rebels. So, I mean, she seems to be an actress that just likes to be in all the high octane stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, love it. Love it. Love it. Um, but so far, like, I like, oh, and she's been in this, this cute little family movie called Think Like a Dog with Josh Dumal. I think that's how, huh. how you say his name. Interesting. She's picked a wide variety. Yeah. She was in. She was in Transformers, the first one. Yeah. She was in This is 40. Yeah. That one, uh, yeah, Transformers, uh, How to Lose Friends and Alienate People. Hmm. Uh, she was in The Dictator as herself. <laughs> nice, um, yeah, yeah, interesting, yeah, you know, um, 
So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it got us talking about, you know, trauma and how to survive those things. So I think in that yeah. respect, it, it was it was good. Um, have you seen The Invisible Man? No, I need to. Yeah, yeah. The new one or the old one? The new one. The new one. Okay. Yeah. Um, that one's rough in terms of abuse and trauma, mm, yeah. much like this one was. So, um, but it kind of reminds me, it's the same thing. It's like, what do you do and how trauma affects you and what do you do about it and fighting back against it and mm. all of that stuff. So, um, yeah. It, you know, it was good. I mean, it got us talking about this stuff. And I think it's important yeah. to talk about and realize that it's not as simple as something ending and it's done. And, you know, yeah, credits roll, but it's going to be a lot more complicated for that after. Yeah. You know, and everything like that. Yeah. Wow. Any last, uh, any last uh, thing? No, other than I really enjoyed this film. And awesome. I, I went into it with no expectations and I came out like really, really liking it. So yeah, yeah. or, you know, so if, if you haven't seen it yet and you made it this far through the podcast, yeah. it's on Netflix, it's on Netflix. <laughs> um, but we will be doing another film next time. What we are we will. doing? Danny? So um, thank you all for joining us and talking with us. We decided to get back with some, you know, a couple movies just to get back in the swing of things. So we're going to be watching The Call, which is a Korean horror movie. So, you know, it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. You got that stuff coming out of Korea for such a small country. They're just banging out the horror over there. I am convinced if I ever go to Korea, I'm just going to be walking down the street and see like five horror movies being filmed. Like I'm convinced that's how much horror comes out of Korea. And the thing is, <laughs> like, I'm just convinced they've been creating be that much horror forever. But now, now America is like, yeah, we care about Korean horror. It's like, come on, the guy. <laughs> He's yeah. been making amazing horror films forever. But yes, the call. <laughs> yes. So we're going to be watching the call, a uh, Korean horror film. I know nothing. I know nothing about it other than looking at the picture on netflix or whatever um that's it so i'm excited uh like i said it's korean so that got me hyped um Mm -hmm. so uh that's what we're going to be talking about next time um you can follow us on twitter at the box underscore podcast we are on slash kind of (laughs) tell us what's in the box (laughs) um you can listen to us on stitcher spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and podbean as well as wherever you're listening to us now so um yeah thank you for joining us and uh remember shake the box before you open it